Uh, Doc, we've got a full building. We've got a full building, and we're ready to go. All right. Well, let's uh, have some fun tonight. Um, um, can you give us an update? Uh, update in the office? What's happening? Update. Um, you know, we've been as busy as ever. Um, you know, we're. You know, as I read the Wall Street Journal every day, um, here's the, some headlines for today. You know, it's always something there's some always some update on covid knock on wood we haven't seen covid in, in a, a few weeks you know at least nobody's calling with it so you know if you listen to the news which you shouldn't do you know they may kind of scare you into this new ba2 variant that's that uh, is apparently highly transmissible but um, not any worse than the omicron variant before so i don't think it's anything to you know, hide in your house for, get under a mask or, you know, go get a booster about. So it's something that we'll have to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, the bottom line is uh, if you're sick, stay at home. And, um, the you know, we're not getting rid of COVID, it doesn't look like. I mean, despite everything they've done, nothing has really worked. It really just needs to almost work it way through. And remember your natural immunity is the best way you can go. The, the shots aren't working. The vaccines, have they worked? No, uh, they don't um, really help. I don't think they say they may help reduce hospitalizations. I'm not real sure about that. Um, and certainly with the new variation, the new variant, it's mild. Most people don't even know they've had it. So I would encourage you to check your, um, your COVID antibodies and just see if you're what your antibodies are. If you got antibodies and you're probably good, but still use the same precautions with any virus, you know, wash your hands, don't wear a mask. Um, they don't work. Um, and, um, don't get a booster in my opinion. Maybe some people should, you know, very elderly people, maybe in nursing homes or, but I'm certainly not going to say, don't get a vaccine. Um, I'm certainly not going to, but uh, make your own decision on that. But when you're sick, stay at home um, and don't spread it. You don't spread any virus to anybody. You know, that's just common sense, but don't go around in fear and, you know, live your life like you're supposed to live. You build your own immune system up by losing weight, taking vitamin D, C, zinc, um, and then if you do get sick, I'm certainly not against you being tested for COVID. Do your own test and, you know, pursue early treatment uh, like we've been doing for two years now. But, you know, we may have more surges. I mean, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, beware of the fall. You know, we're going to have another surge maybe. But, I mean, has anything he said been correct so far? No. So, you know, in my opinion, you shouldn't listen to him. You know, he's... Uh, I don't know why, why he's still there, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> you know, so get somebody new in there that has some common sense that's not paid off, you know, and work for the government and the CDC and pharmaceutical companies and all that. I'm not against pharmaceutical companies or CDC. I just think, you know, a lot of times they're not acting in your best interest. So, um, so just take care of yourself, you know. Nobody else is going to do it. You know, use common sense and take care of yourself. Build your own immune system up. Um, well, it, that's the bottom line. But there's some cool stuff I've found out this week. One I'll tell you about. I started taking this little 
eye drop today. It's it's called Vuity, and it's brand new. It came out last week, and it's it's a prescription medication to improve your presbyopia, which that means your old age reading glasses. So, you know, I'd heard about it, so I wanted to just try it myself because, you know, I, I wear reading glasses now. And so um, I got some, and it really did. You know, I didn't have to use my reading glasses when I read the Wall Street Journal this morning on my, on my patient charts. And uh, so, and you know, so it kind of works. Um, I did notice that, and I'll do a podcast on this when I have more experience with it. That's Today's the first day I've ever used it. But it is kind of exciting. Think about that. Think how many millions of Americans have to use reading glasses. If you can put one drop in your, each eye, that will let you read fine print for eight to 10 hours, then that's going to be a good product. So I'm always excited about new developments like that from the drug companies. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of tested it in the office and, you know, Ernie and I, it really helped us. Now, when I used it on one of the nurses, it made her vision a little blurry and gave her a little headache. But um, it's, it's interesting how it works. And, I, and I'll do a, a more detailed analysis of it, maybe in a podcast. I want to get a little more experience with it and, uh, you know, use my own little guinea pigs in, in the office and see <laughs> how they like it. Uh, but uh, so it's kind of interesting. Um, and another shout out to Roel. I hope is Roel here tonight. You know, I, I think I, I think here. he will be. I, he hasn't mentioned anything. At Roel, if you're here, let us know. When he tunes in, I'm going to give him a little kudos, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But anyway, let's get on to the questions. and uh, Let's do it. Uh, We're going to get to some, some questions here, guys. And let's start with, uh, with this one here. Should women take calcium supplements concerned about calcium and cardiovascular uh, disease? What's your thoughts? No, I don't like calcium supplements, you know. That's right. I mean, if it's if the calcium you take is going to your joints or your arteries, you know, you shouldn't take it. I don't think you need to get calcium through a supplement. I think you should get that through your green vegetables. That's the best way to get calcium. I would not take an extra calcium supplement like we've told all these women for years. Just get it through eating good and take D with K. You know, you need the, the K in there to to allow the D to bring the calcium into your um, bones, not your arteries or your joints. So no, in my opinion, now most doctors are going to say, put every woman on 1200 milligrams of calcium, but I would tell you, I, I tell my patients not to take it, you know, increased risk of other problems. So get it with your green leafy vegetables, take your D with K. Um, Love it. Love it. It's a great way to start. Thank you for that question. Um, this is this is an interesting one. We talked a little bit about um, stomach acid uh, yesterday uh, on Facebook, and this is a question around PPIs. Um, I have a question regarding the usage of PPIs. I don't use PPIs. I do drink a glass of water every uh, every uh, with every probably every night with one teaspoon of baking soda every morning. However, I do not burp. So does that mean I have low acid and what could be the reason? And uh, this is a reference to the burp test um, that, uh, we've, that we've talked about. Well, I'm glad you don't burp because it's kind of rude to burp, you know, in front of people. Uh, <laughs> but it used to be a sign that people used to do that as an appreciation for a good meal. You know, a good belch would really, hey, that was a good meal. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't mean a lot to me that you're just neutralizing your acid. So, um, 
unless you feel like you're real gas and you have to burp. But I like I love the baking soda idea. I think it's great. Um, you know, the only thing that I know that's a good test on uh, whether or not you have enough acid or too much acid is to use um, betaine, which is hydrochloric acid acid tablets. And generally what I tell people to do, because really half the time that people have reflux, that doesn't mean they have too much acid. It may mean they don't have enough acid. You know, remember, God put acid in your stomach to digest your food. So it'll absorb your minerals and vitamins and everything else. So if you're having reflux, you don't know if you have too much or too little. So I don't like PPIs except for very short term. They work, but they cut out all the acid in your stomach and they cause all kinds of problems down the line. Now, there's some people that have to have them that have maybe a Barrett's esophagus or some other severe, rare problems with your esophagus or stomach, but they're meant for short term use only. Um, I would certainly prefer a medicine like Pepsi and Famotidine over that if you have to take them more often than, than two, you know, for two weeks in a row. But so the betaine test is betaine go test. buy some of these cheap hydrochloric acid pills and take, you know, take one. If it causes immediate reflux, then you have too much acid in your stomach. And you do need to lower that with say like baking soda, et cetera. Um, if you take an, if you don't have any heartburn and you, um, take another one, still no heartburn, take a third one, no heartburn or take a, and take a fourth one, you get heartburn. That means you don't have enough acid in your stomach. And so three, if that, if, if it causes it on the fourth one, then what that means is before you eat a meal, you need to take three of these tablets to put the acid in your stomach to digest your food. So it's kind of complex, um, and, and most of the GI doctors won't tell you that, but, you know, we've just indiscriminately put too many people on PPIs, and one doctor puts, a, puts them on, and it helps, so they stay on it the rest of their life, which can cause all kinds of problems with your gut and all kinds of other problems. So, you know, osteoporosis, um, infections in your intestines and things like that, so it's... Um, I don't like PPIs except for very short term for most people do the betaine test to see if you have low acid or high acid. And certainly I love the baking. soda. we did a whole podcast on it. And, you know, I, I use it a lot too for a lot of different things. Well, let, let me ask you, cause I, I know a lot of people are probably thinking this. They've, they found themselves in that situation where they got put on a PPI and that, you know, it's 10 years down the road and they're still on it. You know, it originally helped them. How do they know if it's something that they should wean themselves off of, you know, versus like, I actually do need this. Well, I'm telling you to wean yourself off of it, unless you've been told by a gastroenterologist to look directly at your esophagus, that you have a Barrett's esophagus uh, that could turn into cancer. Uh, it's a precancerous condition. The, the cell type of your esophagus changes. So unless you have that, um, and if you've been told that many years ago, then get it scoped again and look and see, and then wean off. Don't just abruptly stop it in any event, because you're going to have immediate reflux. So I tell people to maybe take one every other day, the days in between, take a Pepsi AC, which is a lot safer, or some baking soda if you want, and watch what you eat. Usually what you eat precipitates the, the reflux anyway. And then wean yourself slowly. It may take you a month to get off of it by, you know, every other day, every third day for a week, every fourth day for a week, et cetera. 
And don't hesitate if you get a little reflux to, you know, chew up on a Pepsid Complete or something. Um, so. Super interesting. And I just want to put this up here. It seems it seems that our our guy here, Roel, is here. Roel, what's going on, man? Oh, good. Roel's working late good tonight, and he's still here. So thank you for that. I know uh, you started that, that book. You wanted to give him a shout-out. Yeah, we, we're talking about you, Roel, but you finally tuned in. But, yeah, I want to thank you. He made a suggestion last week that I read this book. And I certainly did. I'm almost finished with it. So I'm very, very close to the end here. Um, but great book. Uh, this lady that, that wrote this is a scientist. She's not a doctor, but she, she has the best um, wording that I've seen uh, explaining glucose and sugar and fructose and, you know, kind of hacking your way um, out of getting those glucose and insulin spikes that cause all the damage that we always talk about. She's huge on, um, you know, wearing a 24-hour glucose monitor like I did. I had a podcast on it. And, you know, even if you're not a diabetic uh, like I'm not, it's really very interesting to wear one of these, these on the back of your arm. Uh, you know, you can get one free for two weeks with a prescription. And then I found out you can buy them at Target for, I think, $80, maybe 60 on a good deal. But um, they're just so helpful to seeing what different foods do to your blood sugars. Um, unfortunately, you can't measure your fructose levels, which is even more damaging than, than glucose. But she's got a great, I suggest anybody read this book, especially those that are insulin resistant, which is 80 8% of Americans are insulin resistant. I know I am, you know, but it can lead to diabetes. It can lead to brain fog. It can lead to weight gain, chronic fatigue, everything in the book it can lead to, you know, it's glycation. You're damaging your, it's oxidation, glycation, uh, free radical formation. You're damaging your vessels and your brain and everything else. And, so she just has a really good, easy to understand book on what to do. And there's some very specific hacks in there, which I will do a podcast on this week. I'm going to do that. Remind me, Ben, yep. to come out. So next week you'll get uh, my complete summary of this book and some hacks you can do, which are pretty easy um, that you can incorporate into your eating pattern. You know, I'm huge on low carb. It's all about the carbs and the insulin. And I love intermittent fasting, but there's some other great hacks you can do to prevent those damaging glucose and insulin spikes that, you know, your hemoglobin A1C may be normal. Your fasting sugar may be normal, but you still could be spiking. And a good way to do that is get yourself uh, this freestyle Libre monitor and, and just see what things do to it. And then do, do these hacks. And she kind of makes it easy because she's already done it on herself and many people, as, as I have too. But uh, thank you, Royal. That's a great, great book. Uh, I really, that's going to go on my, my bestseller list for the year for sure. Uh, so yeah. The Glucose Revolution. Fantastic. Uh, I, I'm thank pumped you. To, to, to do even a deeper dive on that. And I know, I, I, I think you've already told uh, all of our providers at Performance Medicine about this book because you know, we do treat a, a ton of diabetes, pre-diabetes. My brother, of course, um, has type one, so I know he was super interested. So, so thank you for that, uh, Roel. So does so does your sister. Don't leave her out. 
<laughs> so does Kelly. So does my sister Kelly. Um, okay, let's get that's to why, That's why I really like this show because we get so many great people in here interacting. I'm learning too. And I always get great suggestions and want to know what people are interested in and get some great feedback. You know, um, whenever a doctor tells you, you know, he doesn't know or she doesn't know or, or no, then that just means they haven't looked at it or researched it, you know? So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Roel, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, book recommendations. And again, I encourage everybody to, to, to dive into the comments, whether you're, uh, on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, look at what people are saying because uh, a lot of times I told Mark this yesterday. Uh, the the information in there is is as valuable or more as what we're talking about uh, on the screen. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for the feedback and any recommendations. As you can see, we take them very seriously. Um, I want I want to get this up because we've talked a lot about Ozempic recently. If I am a thyroid cancer survivor and have half a thyroid, can I take Ozempic? Yes, unless you had a very rare form of thyroid cancer called medullary thyroid cancer, um, which are rare, rare, rare. And um, I think it was only seen in one rat that had that, that it made it worse. But um, certainly it's probably your, your thyroid cancer was probably papillary, which is if you had to have any kind of cancer, that's the one you'd want because it's curable, 99 point something percent. Um, I think my brother, who's a general surgeon, did a lot of thyroidectomies for uh, thyroid cancer. I don't think he ever saw one in his whole career. So that's how rare it is. Um, so if you if it was medullary cancer, no. But or if you've had this rare multiple endocrine neoplasia deal, our family history, that MEN syndrome number two, then you shouldn't take it. But or if you've had uh, pancreatitis, um, then you, you probably want to do something else, but so probably, yeah, I mean, look at your pathology on your thyroid cancer and, and then you can certainly take Ozempic, uh, it wasn't medullary, which I can almost tell you it wasn't, but, um, that way they would have taken your whole thyroid out anyway. And, uh, it'd been a big deal, but, uh, but great question. Great question. Thank you for that question over on Facebook. Uh, this came on Facebook as well. What multivitamin would you recommend for a male in his mid forties that gets gout rather easily? Um, well, uh, first of all, look at your uric acid level, which we do on the, on the Cleveland panel. Um, first of all, I would, wouldn't focus on the vitamins so much as I would, focus on what you eat. You know, I would, um, certainly, you know, it's a disease of purine metabolism, but I'd certainly see what may precipitate it in your case and what your uric acid level was. Sometimes we use medications to bring that down. Um, I'm trying to think there's some, there's some supplements that may help it a little bit. I don't know why one's not coming to mind, but, um, but anyway, uh, and there are medications that we use a lot for this that are safe, but look at, you know, limit red meat, limit, you know, either starving for long, for long periods of time or gouging, you know, binging, uh, shellfish certainly can precipitate it. 
Um, and it's different, different people, but you know, I, I love the, the life extension to a day multi cause it, it just has a lot of good stuff. And I'm not sure it's going to lower your uric acid level enough if it's high. Um, so mostly the stuff that you eat and I'm sure I'll think of a, a supplement that may help lower that level just a little bit. Um, again, gout or high uric acids are part of this, um, you know, metabolic syndrome that we talk about a lot. I think I did a podcast fairly recently on it. So you, you can yep. tune that podcast in. I'm sure I talked about everything you can do for it. So I think it was just about a month ago. So if you can review that, um, it might help you a little bit. All right. Thank you for that question over on Facebook. Um, let's get and to of course alcohol, especially beer. So be careful with that. You did mention that in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got a dosage question here. Uh, we'll do a little rapid fire with a couple of different supplements. Uh, please remind us what dosages you recommend for vitamin B complex, berberine, and saffron. Uh, do you have those off the top of your head? No, not really. Um, I just like the the uh, life extension B complex because they're methylated. It's just one a day. I'm not sure what the different doses of every B vitamin in there is. Um, so I'd, I'd hate to say that, but, uh, you know, we can look at that at some point and maybe Katie will put it on there, but, um, berberine, I think 500 once a day. Some people take it twice a day. I'm fine with that unless it upsets your stomach. Saffron, I think is a hundred milligram. Uh, I don't have it sitting right here, but it's one a day. Um, so, um, all great supplements. And you know, if we, we can't keep saffron in now since we did that podcast on anxiety and weight loss last week, but we, I hope we have it in. We should have it this week. Uh, Katie said she's going to, she's going to post it in the comments, guys, those uh, numbers. I'll make sure it gets on screen here for those on YouTube. Um, I believe she'll be putting it on Facebook, maybe even YouTube too. So stay tuned for uh, Katie's comment there uh, for the exact dosages. Um, let's go. Yeah, maybe we ought to have a, a little corner that says Katie's comments. <laughs> there you go. Case, Katie's comments. I like that. I like that. She cleans up. She cleans up for me. What? What's I'm wrong? Sure yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> no, you know. don't. You know, what's funny is I actually thought about having, I think we need a segment at the end. I think some talk shows have done this where they have like all the errors you made during the show and like where Dr. Rogers was wrong. Uh, because this is live and, and there's definitely some, uh, some, you know, moments where you might say a, a wrong dosage and, and that's we, right. we can have like a, I mean, see, there's a lot of pressure in being live, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's a great, it may be, you know, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong for sure. <laughs> you know, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And I don't know everything. I don't know a lot of the supplements that people mention sometimes. Yeah. Especially if it's one Mark mentions, you know, I have to go research those. Mark, sometimes you change your mind about certain things also, you know, through the years, you certainly change your mind on things, you know, medicine, certainly a science and an art and it's evolving. We're learning so much all the time. I mean, medical information doubles just like this eye drop. I mean, who would think of that, you know, but there's, there's a lot of cool stuff with it. You just have to keep up with it, keep an open mind, you know, I'm kind of an open skeptic. I like to describe myself, you know, so. T so, so tell me, 
tell me the thing you've most recently changed your mind about. Man, that's another question you put me on the spot with. <laughs> uh, the most recent thing I've changed my mind about. Um, I guess, um, you know, I guess probably the older you get, it's not a recent change, but the older you get as a physician, the more directly honest you are with people. You know, you try not to, you know, hide it from the hurt feelings and all that. So, and they appreciate that, you know, yeah. because, you know, I'm certainly with patients, I'm never mad at a patient. You know, I mean, they may be mad at me because I've told them something they don't like or they may not agree with me. But um, and that doesn't really bother me because everybody has their own opinion. Um, it's, you know, it's your own body. I just try to give people information that I've learned through research and experience. So I guess I've changed my mind a little bit in how I approach, you know, um, patient interactions and, uh, you know, like I told one of them recently, you know, when you come in and like a lady had brought her son in and, you know, with a pretty serious condition, asking me what I would do. And I said, well, if this was my son, then I started thinking about that. And then I said, no, wait, when he walked in here, he is my son. Yeah. You know, that's my son. And you're my family. When you walk in the room, that's how I'm going to treat you. So that made her feel better. We decided what to do. And that's kind of how I want to act with patients, you know, like it's family and you're kind of honest with family. Sometimes, sometimes it hurts. Um, you have to be tactful, but, um, you know, certainly that that's an important interaction that you have. Well, you, you, you have to develop trust. And if you don't have trust, even if you disagree with somebody, um, you know, because you're going to hear varying things about anything, even, even these supplements, you're going to hear doctors poo-poo them and say they're worthless. Or you may see a study that shows taking an 81 milligram aspirin doesn't help anything, you know, when it really does, you know, but you can find a study that can make it look anyway. So you have to do a combination. So that's a long rambling. That's, there's not anything earth shattering, but uh, it's really interesting. I love, you know, I, I I do like hearing you talk a lot about vitamins in particular because that that over the probably your career that's been a big thing you changed your mind on was. I definitely, as far as vitamins, I I would have said somebody that took as many vitamins 20, 30 years ago, I would have I would have told them, you know, I think you're kind of kooky taking that many vitamins. You're peeing them out. But I couldn't have been more wrong. I yeah. mean, there's just no way you can get these things in your in your all the food. I mean, I wish you could, but you you'd have to eat a stack of vegetables that high. So, you know, you need supplements, especially as you age. You're going to age better, for sure. All right, thank you for sharing that. Let's get to uh, a few more questions here. I know I'm missing a few. Let's see where I'm at. Um, this is a hormone question. If using HRT, um, hormone therapy, uh, to hopefully help with bones and all other items you, items you talk about, if HRT is stopped at, say, 70 years old, would there be a much faster and worse decline in bones at that time? 
and they go on to say more risk of stroke, et cetera. So I think the question is around if I'm on hormone therapy and then I stop at say 70, 75, am I more likely to have a more rapid decline maybe? Um, no, I mean, you just go to your, your previous baseline, but if you stop your hormone replacement therapy, your risk is higher of stroke. Of course it is. I mean, you know, your bones are going to be more brittle. Your, your, your brain's going to decline faster. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, I'm going to use uh, bioidentical hormones as long as I live, unless there's some major contraindication that I have. Um, certainly any woman with active breast cancer or even past breast cancer that's estrogen and progesterone positive, you don't want to take those two hormones ever. Um, so, um, I mean, it's good that you've taken the hormones, but, you know, unless you've got a pretty good reason to stop, then I wouldn't. The older you get, the more risk you are for any chronic disease and debility. So this is what's one thing that's helping you and giving you an advantage against the ravages of aging. Um, these, these bioidentical hormone creams do not cause strokes or heart disease. Um, they protect your heart. They protect your vessels. You know, a lot of... A lot of doctors will disagree with that, but they're, they're thinking they don't know hormones for one thing. And the other, they don't do the research or the reading and they don't have a lot of any experience with prescribing hormones. So they just heard, well, back when you used the pregnant horse urine primer and there were seven more women uh, per 10,000 that had a stroke. So I automatically think hormones cause strokes, just like they thought testosterone causes prostate cancer. It doesn't cause prostate cancer. It prevents it. So you have to know what you're doing. And, you know, the sad fact is not many doctors know about hormones, especially bioidentical hormones that you can't get through pharmaceutical companies. So there's nobody detailing you with this and there's no money in it for the pharmaceutical companies. So you're not going to know about them. The typical doctor doesn't have time to research into it. You know, so you say, no, you're, you're 65. You don't need, you know, you're, you're through the menopausal symptoms. You don't need hormones anymore. Well, if you take hormones, you know, you're going to benefit. So they need to be monitored and done right. Uh, they don't need to be taken orally that has to go through your liver, except for bioidentical progesterone. We will use that one orally. It's safe. So you have to know what you're doing. Um, if you do, you're going to be much better off. So don't say, Hey, I'm, 65 or I'm 70, I can't take these hormones anymore. I'm going to have a stroke. No, start looking at your other risk factors like your weight, your blood pressure, your diabetes, um, and th your stress levels, your sleep levels. That's a hundred times more likely to cause you to have a stroke than um, uh, bioidentical hormones. So I'm kind of reading into the question here. Would, would they be more at risk for a decline at 70 had, if they stopped hormones versus if they never took hormones at all? I think that might be what they're getting at is like, Oh it, no, 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 no. you actually have protected yourself somewhat by strengthening your bones through those years in your brain. You're better off. Okay. And you know, so you're better off have, having done it than have never have done it. Got it. Um, just like somebody, you know what muscle memory is? Have you ever seen anybody that used to work out lifting a lot of weights early on and, you know, they, yes. they were muscular, but, and then they quit lifting weights like they used to, but they're still muscular. 
That's muscle memory. So they, you know, they're always going to have a tendency to be kind of muscular. So, you know, it's, it hasn't hurt you. It's helped you. You know, you need to consider whether or not you, or why you want to stop them. But um, certainly if you're afraid of them, if you're, you know, family doctor is going to kick you out of your practice, of his practice because you're taking hormones, then, you know, if you worry about that, then uh, just pat yourself on the back and say, at least I, I got through all these years with it and I'm better off for it. And, you know, that's my opinion on it. You know, there's one instance where muscle memory really didn't kick in, and uh, that was with your tennis game. I know you're right about that. It transferred all over to pickleball. Now I'm a great pickleball player. So I can't play that good at tennis anymore, but at least pickleball, give me that. Okay. Pickleball for people my age is better anyway. You know? All right. Let's get to, that was a great question. Thank you for that. Let's get to uh, the next one here and then we're going to get to some live questions. Uh, let's see here. Okay. This is kind of interesting. Um, this came up, uh, on Instagram where, you know, you talked about, um, everything kind of goes back to, uh, insulin and your blood sugar. So the question was like, how do I get started in managing those two things? Okay. First of all, come in and get a Cleveland heart panel. That way we'll know your numbers and see where all your hormones, your insulin resistance numbers, cortisol, all that stuff. Get that pinning and then read this book that Roel suggested to me. Just a great explanation of it. I love this book, The Glucose Revolution. So start there. And then, you know, you may need supplements. You may need medications for it. Uh, A lot of it depends on your weight and your amount of insulin resistance. Uh, Life is not fair. Some people have it rougher than others. Um, So... That's, that's how I always start my patient doctor yeah. interactions. Understand this life is not fair. Um, so, you know, accept that and we'll, we'll manage your, your metabolism because everybody's different. So, but we've got some great tools now to help you get that insulin resistance and your weight under control for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a common theme that I see in, in your, your podcast and in your writing is, you know, everyone's different. You know, no one's the same. And, you know, what might work for your, you, you, you always say what might work for your beanpole buddy won't work for you, you know? So it's, it's a really, yeah. you know, interesting mindset that hopefully can get people uh, heading towards, you know, taking care of their own health and uh, going on their own journey. Uh, but with that, we need to get into the comments, guys, because uh, we're, we're well into the show and I want to make sure we get uh, some questions taken care of in the, in the, in the live feed here. Just want to thank everybody that's with us tonight, uh, hanging out. We do this every single Tuesday at seven. We do a live Q and a with doc and we get to hang out with y'all and, and, and talk about health and wellness stuff. So thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, take a look at, uh, Katie's comments here. She's talking about a lot of the, uh, pricing that we've been talking about, uh, in regards to some of these services and items, as well as uh, dosing for uh, a lot of the, the, the vitamins that we've been recommending. Um, so we're going to go with that. We're going to go into some questions here. Uh, I want to start with, with, with Mark, um, cause I think this is a, a really cool question. Uh, one that kind of has to do with what we, um, put out today with, uh, the HCG, um, common sense episode question is how does HCG administration decreased blood sugar and leptin levels? 
Leptin's that hormone that um, tells you you're full. And you can get leptin resistance, um, just like you can get insulin resistance. If your sugars are so high controlled, then your insulin levels go high, your leptin levels go high, and they don't work anymore. So the signal is lost. And this book talks a lot about that, really. But um, what HCG does, which, again, I like fast weight loss. You know, and people are going to ask me that. Why do you like fast weight loss? Because even I, as a doctor, used to tell my patients, I want you to lose a pound a week. That's all I want you to lose. It'll stay off. That was wrong because if nothing else, the psychology of it, you know, they got so discouraged. They have a hundred pounds to lose or 30. It's so slow and they have so many temptations and if you do it too slow, your body kind of adapts and adjusts. Your metabolism adjusts to take care of that. So your metabolism slows down. If you kind of shock it into a 25, 30 pound weight loss in, in a month and you're off half your medicines and you feel lighter, better, your joints feel better, then you're more likely, I think, psychologically to change things because HCG is just a fast tool to get there. If you think it's the answer, it's not. You know, first of all, we need to look at your metabolism, your hormones, everything. And then after you're finished with it, you've lost the weight. We have to make some changes. I mean, you've got to make some serious changes or you will gain the weight back. You won't gain any more back or faster. It'll just be back to your baseline as before if you go back to your old habits. So there is some psychology involved in this. Um, but ACG works in, in a really weird way. You know, it's the, the hormone of pregnancy. And what it's formulated for is to preserve the baby. That's mm -hmm. why you, when this Dr. Simeons discovered it 50 years ago, 60 years ago, it was an endocrinologist from Italy, worked in London. He was interested in, in why these emaciated women give, can give birth in India to healthy eight, nine-pound babies. It's because of this hormone called HCG that... Um, takes all the abnormal banked fat and uses it for energy for the baby. So if you use it, it's almost like a hack to get uh, your weight, your stored banked fat that otherwise would be so hard to get rid of. That's why people love the diet because they notice any other diet, any diet you're going to lose weight on. But with this one, using this hormone, if you do this, you need to go with somebody who knows hormones not just any fly-by-night weight loss clinic, a comprehensive clinic um, like us. Um, what happens is that the people love it because they notice their love handles are gone first or their abdominal fat or maybe some on the hips. You know, stuff that you just have a terrible time losing otherwise, it works for that. I won't say it's easy. It's, you know, it's intense. It's 500 calories. You know, but only for 24 days. Sometimes we'll go longer, but in general, 24 days of the actual 500-calorie diet. And some people say, man, is not meant to survive on 500 calories. Well, most of these people that I see can stand to eat, not eat for a whole month, and they do fine. They live, okay? They're not going to die. They're going to be tired, so I don't want them exercising too much. But So there's plenty of reserves there. You're using your own fat for energy. So 500 calories for a short period of time, is actually good for you. Calorie restriction is good for you. It's really the only thing that's ever been shown to prolong lifespans. 
So don't worry about you being on a 500 calorie, but it's a very well-balanced diet. You're not going to starve. The thing about it, you're not even going to really be hungry if you do this right, because that fat that's leaving these fat stores is, is satisfying you. You'll feel like you've eaten about 3000 calories if you do this right. We've done so many thousands of people on this. And now finally we found a legitimate source of it that we can use. You know, it's been a year since we've been able to find any U.S. based, you know, a, approved AC. You know, remember, it's not approved for weight loss by the FDA. It's approved for fertility. But as doctors, we can use things off label legally. You can't really even use the homeopathic ACG drops legally. You can't. If somebody's selling the ACG drops, homeopathic, it's illegal. This is legal for us to do as long as it's in a physician's hands and, you know, it's gone, undergone all the sterility testing and all that, which it has. Um, you know, it's not coming from China or somewhere. But in any event, uh, it works that way, Mark. It, you know, that's kind of how it decreases blood sugar because you're not eating. <laughs> Basically, you're not eating all those carbs. You know, you could you could go on a low carb diet and it'll decrease both those, but this just makes it tolerable, quick. And I, I like HCG. You know, we also use it for fertility and it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't cause cancer. You know, it's, we use 500 units when we're, when we're using it for fertility on a woman, we use 10,000 units in one shot. So this is a very low dose. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, we use it for men for fertility as well to supplement testosterone at times if you're young. So this is a very versatile hormone. So HCG is a cool, cool little hack. So it's really uh, interesting. I hadn't put that together until you just mentioned it in, in uh, those statements. There it was it's kind of like a, a weight redistribution in a way. You know, it's just it's just taking uh, it's just using the fat that's hardest to reach for energy first. And, uh, and right. most of the time that's the weight that people want to lose anyways. Um, yeah. it's not eating into like their muscles. Exactly uh, right. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Cause you don't want a, uh, an emaciated pregnant woman using up her muscles and, you know, starving herself to death. So it's taking the fat off that she doesn't need that's stored. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's, that's the reasoning behind the whole thing. And this guy, Dr. Simeon was a genius that figured it out. You know, the, the diet itself has been denigrated by people, you know, that just haven't used it or not real familiar with hormones and why we're doing this. But, you know, obesity is our major medical problem in this country, and you need to do something to correct it. And this is just another good tool. And then when you finish it, you may need another medication, maybe even for life, not ACG for life, but something else for life, like, you know, a semiglutide or like Ozempic or you may need metformin. You may need uh, low-dose naltrexone. You may need uh, berberin. You may need things to kind of help help you along. Uh, and, and I'll just I'll piggyback on that just to remind people if if you do if you are wanting to lose weight uh, and, and, and want to lose it fast but also want to maintain it, I'd really recommend you guys listen to these in order. So like I would start off with this one right here 
watch the ACG episode and then go to the explain this episode that Robin did on some of the more of the maintenance weight loss tools uh, that are out there. So uh, that combination of those two videos, I think will really educate you guys on, on how to get the weight off fast, but also keep it off because it does require uh, those changes that you, that you talk yeah. about. And ACG is not for everybody, but yep. for, for a lot of people, thousands that have done it, they, they want it. So I have some people that do it every first, you know, January 1st, that kind of reset their, uh, their, their thermostat to a lower weight point, you know, every year. And I'm not against that at all. I think it works. So it, it just lowers your thermostat at the weight your body's trying to get to. And to do that, it has to do it kind of quickly almost shock your body into it because gradual it's, it's just kind of tough, but most people I know, you know, that are obese, certainly um, it's, it's not, a, it's not calories in calories out. Um, it's not lack of willpower. It's not laziness. It's a metabolic hormonal uh, dysregulation. So you have to look at it in, in those terms and, and give people the, the tools they need, you know, um, all right. Thank you for, for that comment there, Mark. Um, I want to get to Gene's question. I, I, I haven't heard of the Tesla biohealer. Have you heard about this? Um, no, I, I think it's a, I think no. she mentioned it's a tube, uh, biohealer tube. Um, it sounds like we don't know what that is, doc. Is that right? I don't know what it is. Uh, we'll do some research. Gene, we'll have to do some research on that. Uh, thank you for putting that in there. Kind of perks our ears up, look into, uh, some, some we'll Tesla. Tesla biohealers. I thought it was a, I thought it was a car. When the Tesla car, it, Tesla is a car, but it's also, I love to have one. They got I a lot of other things one. too. Um, yeah. okay. Let's get to, where was I at? Uh, let's get to candy's question here. All right. Candy, uh, has a question about pellets again. Um, when I get them, will that help from my hair coming out? Cause it's so bad. So this uh, has to do with, uh, hair loss is pellets. Something that helps with that. Well, it can be, and it can't be. Um, here's what I'll tell you. Of course, I love pellets. I think it's the best form of hormone replacement, male or female. I think it's the best. And we certainly do many cases every day. But in general, hair loves estrogen. It's not so fond of testosterone or even DHEA. So you got to have the right balance. So, um, and there, you know, some people if you got too much testosterone that converted to dihydrotestosterone, that's the form of testosterone that causes hair loss. That's why you see so many men uh, that have it. And you ever notice if you go into a gym and you see these huge guys that are bodybuilders, they all, they're all bald because they've, they've abused steroids. They've abused all kinds of steroids, but testosterone included, which is an anabolic steroid. And it's converting to DHT, which is actually a more potent form of testosterone. But um, I guess they don't mind having a bald head, but women don't like that. They need estrogen. So certainly there's some, you know, with women, um, hair loss is usually a lot easier to cure than with men. Um, and certainly we do a lot of hair loss stuff in the office. So you need to look at your thyroid, your iron stores, your ratio of, of estrogen to testosterone. If your testosterone is converting to DHT, then we'll give you some, a blocker like spironolactone. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, so that's a, you know, double edged sword there. It can, 
any testosterone can make it worse. Estrogen can make it better. So it's balanced. But that's a great question. Uh, thank you for, for that, Candy. I, I know a lot of people are, are thinking the exact same thing. Um, I'm going to get to Ruth's question uh, here on Facebook. Have you had any experience with Equiscope? Man, we're getting some questions. I, I don't know. No, I don't. Um, all right, Ruth, we will uh, do a little research on that one. Thank you for, for putting that in there. Um, Alice says, I'd like to learn more about saffron and manuka honey cream. Uh, it's great for eczema. Uh, what I'd encourage you to do, Alice, is check out um, the Supplements for Anxiety episode um, that we had uh, last week uh, on the YouTube channel. Um, that talks all uh, a lot about saffron. Uh, not a lot about manuka honey, but I know we're fans. Uh, yeah, I like manuka honey. I have it at my house. It's certainly, honey is very healing and certainly um, it's a healer. I think it helps autoimmune diseases like eczema and psoriasis. Um, you know, it's a little sticky to put on there, but you, you can eat it and it helps too. And manuka honey is very healing from viruses to bacteria. Um, saffron, of course, helps anxiety, which, you know, all autoimmune diseases like eczema get worse when you're anxious. Uh, so, um, it could have a positive effect on that as well. And I use a lot of low dose naltrexone for some of the autoimmune diseases like eczema and psoriasis and Hashimoto's and, uh, all the gut, um, autoimmune diseases as well, like, uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and things like that. Uh, real quick, Molly asked, when is the best time of day to take saffron? I don't know if we've talked about that or not. Yeah, you can take it a couple times a day. Um, you know, if you tend to be anxious during the daytime with your job or something, you know, if you say you worked in a donut shop, say, and, and you're really just peddling donuts all day and you get real stressed when the rush hour comes, then I take it in the morning before you arrive at the donut shop. Um, if you're anxious at night, you know, can't get to sleep, you could certainly take it at night. I love L-theanine at night, especially. So a lot of my patients will take L-theanine at night, which cuts down on mind chatter and saffron in the morning, uh, which saffron has a lot of antidepressant effects as well, as well as a lot of, they kind of suppress your appetite a little bit. So if you're an overeater, you know, if you, if you find yourself drinking too many smoothies during the day or eating too many donuts, then you know, it's kind of suppress your appetite a little bit. Uh, shout out to Blackbird Bakery in the great Bristol, Virginia. Um, uh, okay, let's see here. Let's get to um, let's get to Tracy's question. Where did I go? Um, shoot, sorry guys, lost my spot. Um, here we go. Is Mobic or medical marijuana better for chronic back pain from, from Tracy? Um, of course, they, they both work. You know, Mobic something, that's my choice of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. If I take one, I'll sure, certainly take one for my back when I need it. You know, I try not to take them every day. I don't. But when I have a real flare of my, my back, which I've had back problems, um, I like to say that my back is more crooked than a politician. So it's pretty crooked. That's pretty crooked. So, um, uh, so I do like Mobic. It's once a day. It doesn't irritate your stomach for the most part. And so I like it, but medical marijuana. So Mobic, one thing I found out about Mobic is it's, you know, it's once a day, it's more long acting. 
So you're not going to take one and get the relief like you may an 800 milligram Motrin real quickly. So it's more, you know, take it for a week or two, you know, during a bad spell. Um, medical marijuana, of course, is going to work pretty quickly. Um, so they both work in different, completely different ways. Um, so I would say both work, but um, there's a lot of other things that like if you can't relax and you need something to help that spasm, you know, medical marijuana is probably going to be better for that because it relaxes you. Mobic does not relax you. It's not going to help spasm at all. Uh, but inflammation, yes. Um, so I hope that helps you. Um, you know, again, you got to live in Virginia to get it legally. But uh, uh, Thank you for, for that, Tracy. Let's get to, to Kathy. This is a, a good one. I was watching an interesting podcast today with Dr. Michael Plato about progesterone. Are you familiar with him and his work? He has a lot of the same views as you. He has a few books about uh, out about hormones and adrenals. I was wondering if you've read any. Have you read any of Michael Plato's books? <laughs> I've heard of him, but I don't think I've read any books about him. I'm not sure if he's come to some of our meetings or not. The name's very familiar. I just can't recall any of his specific books that I've read. But, yeah, progesterone is an, an unbelievably uh, great. To me, it's it maybe the most important female hormone. And a lot of people overlook it or associate it with medroxyprogesterone, like you find in Depomedrol and the birth control pill. I don't like those too much. Um, for birth control, it's good, but I like the natural progesterone, which is a completely different uh, chemical molecule, uh, different structure. So, but progesterone for women, even if you don't have a uterus, you still need progesterone, despite what a lot of the gynos will say. You still need it. It has about 200 function in a woman's body. It helps you sleep. It relaxes you. It counterbalances the estrogen levels protects you against breast cancer. It's almost like a woman's Valium. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, a lot of like-minded physicians, he's probably an integrated medical functional doctor like me, and he's probably done a lot of research and has a lot of experience. But, yeah, I'll look him up, and, you know, I'm always wanting to look and have some credence with people that are like-minded that uh, really like to dive into that. But thank you. I'll, I'll look him up tonight. Um, Kathy, we'll get on that tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, another Kathy um, asked, please tell me how to get off my stomach pill I've been on for years. Uh, coming in Thursday for blood work. Well, we're pumped to see you, uh, Kathy, uh, on Thursday. Um, yeah, this might not be an easy uh, short answer, uh, but what's your, you know, what would you say to, to Kathy? Uh, well, getting... you're, you're probably on a PPI like Prilosec, which is a Meprazole or Nexium or Protonics or one of those. So you're probably on one of those that you do need to get off of. Like I say, unless you have a Barrett's esophagus or something uh, really serious. So I would wean off of it. You know, like take one every other day for a week while on the days you're off of it, substitute it with like a Pepsid AC or a Pepsid Complete. Um, and then go to every third day the next week, every fourth day the next week. So it'll take you a month to wean off of it. But And then, of course, look at what you're eating. I love, you know, the pre and probiotics. I love Digest Shield. A lot of times people just need Digest Shield. That takes care of their gut problems. That's, that's the best overall gut medicine that, that I've ever run into. Um, I have a ton of people on that. I take it. Everybody in my family takes it. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll look at, we'll talk about it and try to, 
you know, look at your eating patterns and things that irritate it. And uh, everybody's different. Sometimes we'll do those acid tests or get you to do them with the betaine and see if you actually have enough acid or not enough. But you need to be weaned off those antacids before we do that test or it won't be accurate. Um, thank you for that question, Kathy. I'm going to put this up from, from Ruth again. This is just an interesting question. Um, I'll, I'll answer it, then you can add on to it. Uh, the question is, we live in a city where there aren't any functional medicine doctors. My chiropractor would like to add one to his practice. Where would he start to look for one? Uh, my suggestion, and probably docs as well, is uh, look through uh, A4M's uh, physician directory. Um, A4M stands for American Academy of Anti-Aging. A lot of functional medicine doctors in there, like Dr. Rogers. Um, what's your two cents on this? Same thing. Yeah, go, look at, that's the probably the largest uh, integrated medical society in, in the world. They're all over the world. I love it. That's who I decided to do my fellowship through and get my board certification. Um, so, yeah, look up A4M, and they should have, some hopefully somebody that's board certified in that near near the big cities at least um and try to hook up with one you know nowadays with telemedicine uh, if you, you live in a really small place um then you know you could consider telemedicine um i had one of my patients today that spends half her time in her hometown of chicago and she's having a hard time finding one in chicago so I told her to do the same thing, look up A4M board certified doctors in the Chicago area. Um, um, hopefully that helps you, Ruth. And uh, again, this community will do everything that uh, we can to, to, uh, to see who's out there for, for the people who don't live uh, in areas where we have, uh, where, where we know. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully there's some uh, people up there. I'm gonna put this up from, um, from well, cause guys hit the like button and share. Hit the like button yeah. and share, just like Roel says. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Roel. You know, we're pretty close to 10,000 subscribers, and we hit that number. Hopefully, more it'll explode and more people get some of this information that we share. Um, if, especially for the know. people who don't have, you know, access to a functional medicine doctor in their town, you know, hopefully – uh, being a part of these Q and A's can can really help them ask questions to you know their primary care doctor or whoever it is that they see. Um, I want to get to Ashley's uh, question on Facebook. It's a it's about uh, I'm not going to put it up because it's it's a longer question, but it's about uh, 16 months post COVID. Um, had all the usual symptoms. Um, spend most of my time inside. Horrible brain fog and horrible body pain. Uh, anxiety at an all-time high and depression as well, uh, which you talk a lot about. Um, ever since COVID, my eyes look like this, uh, uh, looks like extreme light sensitivity. Um, worst pain ever. Have you seen this? I think the question is just more like, is, does this sound like something you've yeah. you've seen? Yeah, it's COVID, long, long COVID. They used to call it long hauler. They're calling it long COVID now. But yeah, I mean, it needs to be looked into. There's certainly things that will help you. Um, I would probably get a Cleveland panel first and because COVID throws off hormones, it throws off adrenals, um, it increases inflammation. It's, you know, you probably COVID causes these little mini blood clots to go over. Certainly brain fog, headache, fatigue are the three big things I see. And there's some things that you should try, probably try just over the counter now, like NAC, N-acetylcysteine, um, higher dose omega-3 uh, supplements, um, you know, I, I like IGY, which is 
they're on back order right now for us, but hopefully have them in soon. But yeah, I mean, come in and, and get some help with it. You know, we, sometimes we use, um, ivermectin, um, you know, there's so many, Robin shared a great bunch of articles about how, how ivermectin is, uh, is very useful for cancer. We've kind of known that there's several of the anti-parasitic drugs that are very healing with cancer. You can't go out and start stating it, but um, it's true. It's very anti-cancer, um, but it's certainly we will put people on ivermectin at any stage, prevention, treatment, afterwards. Um, so, you, you know, there's help out there. Sometimes we use ProVigil for brain fog. Uh, look at your hormones. Sometimes testosterone uh, helps. Um, you know, IV vitamin C can help. Myers cocktails, we use a lot of those, IV. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a real bear for some people. Um, some people it didn't affect very badly. Some people it does. It'd be interesting to see if your taste and smell are, are still gone. Um, but uh, COVID long haulers is no fun. It's, it's really a serious condition. So uh, if you're not seeing a doctor who deals a lot with it, you, you probably need to, to, to maybe get in on a telemedicine or come in to see us. Um, but, all right, uh, let's let's get to, to the next question. Thank you for putting that in there, Ashley. Um, we're going to get to Debbie's, and we're going to go rapid fire here uh, as much as we can, try to get as many people uh, many people's questions answered as possible. Uh, Debbie asked, do you know anything about the balance of nature capsules? I've heard of their supplements. I think they're pretty legit. I, I haven't used them personally, but I think they have a pretty good name. Um, so I, I think they're good. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, Hazel asks, what is the naturalist way to uh, treat gallbladder trouble? You know, some people take a supplement. I'm blanking out of the name of it um, to kind of maybe a natural way to dissolve stones. My surgeon brother doesn't think it works. Of course, you know, uh, you, you give a, the carpenter hammer is going to use it on that nail. So I guess that's how you say that, <laughs> you know, it gets your gallbladder out. Uh, <laughs> so, um, gosh, I don't know why I'm not, I'm blanking on the name of the, the supplement that kind of helps in some people. I think it was, I think Lucas on your podcast, go look at Lucas's podcast with Ben. What, what about um, this one? Uh, man. Denise knows all this stuff. Okay. I can't even pronounce that. Denise, <laughs> I can't so, either. So take note of that. But uh, that, uh, that's, a, that's, it probably works. Um, you know, anything you do to stimulate your bile, your gallbladder to contract. Liver bile. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of people in my patients do take some of that. Bile of salts. Yeah. Some people, yeah. Some people do that. Um, uh, hydrangea root. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, thank you. Awesome. I, hopefully we're getting a lot of good feedback on it. I love it. I love this feedback when we get, when I don't know something, all these smart people come in and give helpful ideas. I love it. Um, I great. Love it. Hey, go to your podcast with Lucas. He, he takes something for that, but, uh, I don't know why it's blanking on me, but yeah, um, uh, that is, let me see. I, we, we had it up here. I'll, I'll put it, uh, this, it was this one. 
um, check that one out uh, if you haven't yet. Practical Nutrition. Lucas talks about uh, his his very specific regimen, um, and I, I must have mentioned something around uh, gallbladder. So so check that out. Um, let's let's. See if you don't think antiparasitic drugs can can cure cancer, talk to Denise. There you go. <laughs> Let's uh, let's get to Linda's question here. What's up, Linda? Uh, any hey, idea any ideas how to increase your white blood cell count? Man, you know, um, a lot of it depends on what's causing a low blood cell count. You know, if it's something like chemo, then you know, Nupogen's a, a, a drug they have. Um, but I think you can do it by trying to naturally increase your immune system through. Uh, supplementation again denise salmons dr salmons may have some ideas on that more than i do but certainly um you know you got to eat great leave sugar out um and great nutrition i don't know of any particular supplements that i've used in that case and hopefully it's a short-term deal and it comes back on its own all i can say is you know, eat right, exercise, sleep. Um, uh, if you have sleep apnea, take care of that. And um, your white cell count will return to normal. I have seen people that have just a chronically low white count and they do fine anyway. But uh, again, it depends on the, the cause of it. And, uh, you know, kind of go from there. But good luck on getting that back up. It's going to, it will come back up. Uh, Linda. uh Linda it will thank come you. it will come back up thank you so much for being here uh thank you for that question um let's get to Karen's here um in regards to weight loss intermittent fasting or keto diet that's that's the question there you go in regards to weight loss intermittent intermediate fasting or keto diet does alcohol uh stop weight loss there's a question even if one to Tuesday a week just a couple drinks uh part two how can I maintain loss after HCG when adding back alcohol if you're on the ACG diet, you cannot drink alcohol while you're on it. Now, in that transition period after the ACG and you're, you're on the 1,000-calorie diet for 20 days, then you can have one drink a day. But, yeah, it, at ACG, it'll, it'll set you back by a couple of days if you do. Again, you can regain, you can, you know, get over it, but it will set you back a couple of days um, of intermittent uh, but anyway, I love intermittent fasting and keto, but ACG now. So, and there are some low carb alcohols or some great wines that virtually have no sugar in them, like uh, dry farm wines from Austria, which you have to order, or um, some of the other things that you can get in some of the local, um, trying to think of that brand that's really tastes pretty good that doesn't have any carbs in it uh fit vino i think is the name of it fit f-i-t vino v-i-n-o check that one out um so maintain after hcg um why well, yeah i mean like i say eat the low carb alcohols and um uh, a vitamin absorber or solution you know after hcg if a lot of people are insulin resistant, I'll put them on Ozempic afterwards as a maintenance um, or even low-dose naltrexone or some of those. Uh, that we've got a few tricks that we didn't used to have with HCG yeah. to use afterwards for sure. 
um, and a, an absorber. You know, there's the anti-alcohol uh, supplement, which is NAC and selenium. So we do have an anti-alcohol supplement that would probably help you. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people will take one of those every hour if they're out drinking and they they won't have a hangover and it won't seem to affect them as much, the alcohol. So there's really? an anti-alcohol. Yeah, it's got 1,200 milligrams of NAC in it along with selenium. And I think there may be a little zinc in there, but it's a pretty good supplement. Um, but I'm trying to, let me adjust this new desk I got. I love this new desk I got, Karen. She'll know about my desk. <laughs> I love this desk I have right now on my computer. Thank you. Um, okay. I'm just going to put this up there for the people uh, who are on Facebook. You can see uh, some of the YouTube comments. Uh, these are, you know, helping treat and prevent gout. Uh, a couple supplements from uh, my friend Mark. Uh, hopefully that helps. Bromelin. That's, that was the one I was trying to think of. It didn't come to mind. Bromelin. I yeah. love it. Uh, Mark, thank you for that. Um, all right. We're only going to take a few more here, guys, and then we'll, we will jump out. Uh, let's get this from, from Dr. Jones here, my good buddy uh, over in JC. Uh, Dr. Jones hey, asks, do you, do you still prescribe some Morlin? I've read that many have quit recommending it and are prescribing Ipamorlin with CJC 1295 instead. Why or why not? This is such a great question. Yeah. Uh, um, thank you. For I this. use both of them. I use both of them. So of course, I still prescribe some Morlin. It's effective. The Ipamorlin with CJC 1295 uh, is, is a little bit faster acting, a little bit more potent, a lot more expensive. Um, so that's the main reason people won't use it. It's, it's pretty expensive. Um, but, um, and you can get the CJC 1295 with or without DAC, which is an activating complex. It's kind of, I don't think it hugely matters, but you can do a deep dive in on DAC. But Samorlin's what most people still get. It, the thing about Samorlin, um, it takes a while, and some people pronounce it Simorellin, Depends on where you're from. Uh, but, um, but anyway, I like it. Um, it helps in recovery. It's a peptide that um, increases your IGF-1 levels, your growth hormone, which is a repair hormone, and also tends to help with keeping you a little bit leaner. So I do like them both. If, you know, if I had all the money in the world, and I, I think Ipamorlin with CJC-1295 is probably a little better product. Um but some people, I had a guy the other day who I'd put on that, and he liked the Samorlin better. So hmm. go figure that. But um, so either one of them work. They work in the same way to promote your own body's intrinsic production of growth hormone, which is very important. Um, and, you know, because growth hormones, it's a great hormone that decreases exponentially as you age. The problem with, you know, taking real growth hormone, number one, it's illegal for us to prescribe it and what you may buy may not be the real stuff. It probably won't be. Um, but, uh, it is an injection, uh, that you take five nights a week at night on an empty stomach that promotes the growth hormone production at night when it's usually intrinsically produced anyway, it stimulates your, it's a secretagogue. It stimulates your own body to produce your, more of your own growth hormone. Uh, so I like it. It takes a while for the, the Samorlin to really kick in, but, um, I like them both. So they're both great peptides. So can't go wrong. Uh, and I hope you're doing great, Brian. Good, good 
good to see you. Dr. Jones, thank you for, for that question there. Uh, I, I, this, this might be uh, too specific, but I wanted to put it up here just in case. And if you want a good chiropractor, that's who to go to. That's right. That's right. He's Dr. Jones in, in, in Johnson City. His, uh, whole, his whole outfit is just wonderful. They, they have a new chiropractor there that's amazing, too. So uh, they know what they're doing. They've been on the, the front of, you know, natural healing and, you know, it's not just for back care. It's it's for for everything. So I really uh, pass off to them. I love working with them. So uh, shout out to, to Jones Chiropractic there. Thank you guys uh, so much for, for being in here with us tonight. Uh, Susan asks, any tips dealing with primary biliary cholangitis? Cholangitis, yeah. That's, you know, if it's primary biliary cirrhosis, that's, that's, a, that's a different animal there. Um, that may be what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, that's something that number one, you need to, you need to be seeing a gastroenterologist that can come up with the, the correct diagnosis. You know, we've had some patients that got misdiagnosed with that because that's, kind of, that's a really bad actor. You know, uh, it's your liver is just basically not working. Um, so um, I hate to, I hate to give you any tips, you know, of course that any liver supplement, you always think of milk thistle and you think about, you know, toxicities and things like that. Um, Denise may have more ideas than I do about this, but you really need to find out what the correct diagnosis is and uh, deal with it. Um, but I, I just hate to give you any advice over this without knowing the whole story on that one. Um, but, uh, Susan, hope, hopefully that helps a little bit. Thank you so much for, for putting uh, the question in here. Um, I want to just put this up here from, from my, my good buddy, Steve. Uh, Digest Shield is best if taken 30 minutes before eating. Uh, that is something that, that I live and die by. Um, I try to hit that 30-minute mark uh, before two meals. Um, so that's important. Uh, 30 minutes I do too, but sometimes, sometimes it's just, you know, I forget it, so... Yeah, I certainly take if I forget, I just take it with my food and it, it still works great for me. But uh, yeah, ideally. Um, Anthony, Anthony asks, uh, do you need to cycle off of pellet testosterone to time to, from time to time? Um, I mean, some people think that depends on your age. Um, but, you know, the thing about the pellet pellets, uh, they automatically kind of cycle you off. That's one thing I like about them. So, you know, you're, by the time your testosterone pellets are, are gone, say five, six months, you kind of give yourself a little automatic little cycle off from it. Um, sometimes with testosterone where you're getting shots or pellets, I don't like the creams much. I hardly ever use creams. But it's not a bad idea to, you know, take a break from it. A lot of people get testosterone replacements and they feel great, 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 great. And then they don't feel, you know, they think they're going to keep getting better and better, better the plateau a little bit. And sometimes that's a sign. Take a month off and then, you know, recycle. At least you'll appreciate it more, now, especially if you're young. You know, you need to cycle off. If you're old like me, you just keep taking it. But um, depends on the age and, and, and all and the dose you're on. And it's a great question. Wonderful question. So I love pellets, but yeah, it wouldn't help, wouldn't hurt you. But you're um, also saying there's a kind of a built-in cycle cycling as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Anthony, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for, for that question. I want to get to, uh, to Becky's question here. Uh, I, I overlooked this question. I apologize. Uh, have you heard that eating pumpkin seeds helps with hair growth and better young, better, younger looking skin, either or? Yeah. Yeah. Both. Um, I like pumpkin seeds, you know, for that. A lot of healing properties. They're great for prostates too. You don't have to worry about that, Becky, but I do. So yeah, that's a great supplement. Uh, and on the previous question too, if you cycle off testosterone, certainly we use HCG and Clomid sometimes, depending on the age. Uh, it's a good little way to cycle off of it and uh, restore maybe some of your own production of testosterone. I forgot to mention that. So yeah, that's actually something that that uh, we don't talk enough about is the use of HCG with uh, yeah. testosterone replacement um, as a way of generating your body's own uh, yeah. production of it, which you use a lot in like the mid thirties younger mid thirties and younger at every age, but more so in the younger, just to kind of get their own system, cranking it out. So you don't shut down that pituitary gonadal axis. So, um, um, all right, let's get this real quick from Lisa. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. Uh, what is your recommendation for adult onset acne? Um, any vitamins, uh, OTC prescription meds? What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, number one, if you got adult onset acne, let's look in your metabolism a little bit, your diet, you know, and see, you know, we know a low sugar diet helps acne. Also look at your hormones, see if you're overproducing dihydrotestosterone, which causes acne, um, and look at those ratios of estrogen progesterone. Um, you know, I like the vitamin A. That's the, the vitamin A is anti-acne. You know, that's what retinol is, retin A. So I certainly like uh, both oral uh, vitamin uh, A and uh, retinol. You know, Accutane, which is a serious prescription vitamin A type thing, you cannot take it if you're if you're thinking about getting pregnant. It's teratogenic to uh, the baby, so you know you can't get near that that stuff if you're of childbearing age or even thinking about it. You know, so. But vitamin A, that would be my one answer, and proper diet. Um, All right. Thank you for that, uh, Lisa. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Lisa, thank you so much for that. I'm going to put this up here just for uh, the people who, um, you know, uh, want just, you know, to put this in their toolbox. Nicotine is, yeah, that's it, right. you know, is uh, next in the toolbox. Thank you for that, Dr. Sam. Just don't smoke it. Just try not to smoke it. But nicotine is also very helpful for preventing Alzheimer's disease and maybe treating Alzheimer's disease. That's Believe so it or not, nicotine, who would have guessed that? But you're exactly right, Denise. That's and so we, I've seen a lot of reports in using it for COVID. So, you know, everybody still needs their toolbox for COVID. That's right. Because, you know, I don't think it's going away entirely, you know. And this thing mutates. So just be ready for it and keep your own immune system, you know, healthy. And you don't have to fear it. Um, I, I want to get this from uh, Aram because uh, I want to make sure I get his question. It's a good one. It is, if I can find it, I've, I've lost it in the shuffle here, but it is. Okay. Um, and this will be the last question, guys. Um, what causes insulin resistance in someone? Uh, I know there's, you know, a lot of things that can cause insulin resistance, but uh, in my head, the way I've interpreted what you've said, it's carbs, essentially. Um, how, would, yeah. how, would you, um, how would you break it down for Aram? Yeah, obesity is the main thing that causes insulin resistance, which usually is a result of eating too many carbohydrates. Now, there's some genetics factors in there as well. Um, so, um, 
you know, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot. But I think both Andy and I have diagnosed a type one and a half, type one and a half diabetic uh, new cases within the last two weeks. Um, and that's uh, an autoimmune disease that seems to be genetic. There's no other reason for it. Um, but so obesity, eating too many carbs, being overweight, um, eating the wrong kind of carbs. Um, but read this book. I'll tell you, this, this book is so good. If you really want to get, I keep touting this thing. If you really want to get a good common sense, easy explanation of insulin resistance, this book is awesome. And it also talks about fructose, which is something that you really can't measure, which may be more important than even glucose. Um, it's the, the sugar in fruit, which is worse than glucose. Um, you wouldn't think that because it's in fruit, but um, it, it doesn't interact with the liver like um, glucose does. It turns to fat. It, plus, it doesn't signal you that you're full like glucose will. So it, it kind of, I think, also creates a lot of insulin resistance. You just can't measure it. Um, but so read about, read about, read this book. It's so good. Um, uh, again, shout out to it. I'll, again, I'll have a, I'll, I have a little bit more detailed, uh, podcast on that coming up next, next week. I'm almost finished with this book. So, uh, guys stay tuned for that. Um, uh, a little, little deeper dive on, uh, it was, is it the glucose revolution? Glucose revolution. And uh, also the, the, the order in which you eat things can, can really make a difference. I mean, you can eat the same thing, but if you eat the carbs first, it's going to turn to sugar first and you get a spike. So never eat naked carbs, which meaning don't eat carbs by themselves. Always have your fat and protein and fiber, preferably before you eat the carbs. That'll allow you to be able to um, kind of absorb the carbs better and pass them through without getting, spiking your sugar and insulin levels. Um, so... I, I, I can't wait to, to, to hear from you some of those strategies and because uh, it, it's funny. I, I would have never thought of the order of things. I know. You I know. know. It, it sure changed a little bit in the way I eat things. Also, I'll give you another hack hint, which I'll talk about. Apple cider vinegar. Okay. <laughs> think about that one. But, uh, guys, that is going to do it for tonight. Uh, gosh, man, in the comments here, if you guys have not read some of these comments, please do get in the, uh, jump in on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, there's so much insight in there. Uh, I'm going to get to Rachel's question first thing next week. I know I'm missing Rachel's, uh, Amanda's, uh, question. We will get to, to those first thing next week. Uh, this has been amazing. I'm, uh, just amazed by all these uh comments here uh real quick do you do you know a dietitian do you recommend anybody uh, for for heather here um well, one thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to uh to get uh my, my man here we're trying to get lucas uh to to come on board he's basically i think he's gonna be a uh, nutritionist or is on his way uh, yeah he's, he's currently in, on his way to getting certified as a nutritionist not well, I hope to use him a lot, but he, most nutritionists. Heather, watch that. Watch those two podcasts um, with. Uh, I wouldn't recommend any that I know around here too much. Um, right now, we used to have a fairly good one in the trustees. I don't know what happened to her. We can't get a hold of her, but um, she. Most of them just don't. Don't. They're not up to date with things. I mean, they just don't. 
they don't do it right. Um, I'll give you an example. One of my patients within the last year had to go in the hospital for their gallbladder, elective surgery. They're a diabetic. And so they came to me the day after they were discharged from the hospital for follow-up. And so I asked them, you know, how, you know, how are your sugars during while you're hospitalized? They knew you're a diabetic. They took care of your sugars. Right. And, uh, and, uh, he said, yeah, you know, they ran pretty high during, during the hospitalization. And I go, well, you know, the stress of surgery certainly is going to kick your sugars up a little bit. Did, did you talk to the dietitian there, the nutritionist and the hospital dietitian? He go, yeah. You know, she met with me every day before I had the surgery and, you know, planned my meals and all. And I go, well, tell me, let me just see what, what was, you got discharged yesterday at lunch. What did they serve you for breakfast? And he said, um, an egg, a glass of orange juice, um, toast and jelly. I go, you met with a dietitian and that's <laughs> what your diabetic diet was. <laughs> so go figure. So you really got to be careful. You know, they're, they're practicing medicine from the old food exchanges from 30 years ago. So they, they don't look into carbs. They think you need carbs. You don't really need carbs. You can survive with zero carbs. You, you die without fats or protein. And not that all carbs are bad. They're not. Most people are going to eat some of them, the good ones, I hope. But I mean, you drink a glass of orange juice, that's worse. I mean, that's just worse than drinking a Coke. A regular because it's really worse. There's more sugar in it. So um, you got to be very careful with who you go to. Just see if you're getting results. If you're losing weight and your sugars look good, you're getting somewhere. But if you're not, and it sounds like you've got, you know, some gut problems, which always need to be addressed first. You know, with any anything that comes into my office, any autoimmune disease, obesity, hormones, I always say, how's your gut working? 90% of the time, it's, I have a terrible gut. You know, I've been labeled as IBS or spastic colon. So, you know, we need to work. You need to get on some digest shield tomorrow, you know, for sure. But so look at the gut, you know, and you can come to us. You know, we're going to we're going to be better than any, anybody around here with, with your nutrition. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, so anyway, for what that's worth. And then hopefully we'll have Lucas someday that working with us. And- yeah, well, we're looking to we're looking to get better uh, with that. Um, and, you know, with. The, the addition of someone like like Lucas uh, or cross. I have a psychologist on our team. I have everybody. Yep. I just have never found the right nutritionist to join our team, but I I think we're pretty close. I but think we I, know we all know pretty well what how you should eat in the metabolic system. So, um, thank you for for that question there. And the guys uh, for the ones I I missed, I uh, I really apologize. I'm going to get those first thing next week. Uh, Doc, I can't thank you enough for the time tonight. Uh, guys, real quick, uh, I'm going to put this up here. Uh, if you want to, we send out a weekly newsletter every single Tuesday. Uh, went out at 1230 today. And basically what that does is that packs our entire week uh, into one email. Uh, all the all the, the good stuff there. So you can sign up for that, uh, performancemedicine.net, our website. Uh, and, of course, uh, our library um, of functional medicine content is on our YouTube channel. I uh, highly encourage you guys to, uh, to subscribe there. Get three to four uh, new videos every single week, uh, including this, uh, this uh, live Q&A show. Um, so, so thank you guys for, thank you for the subscribers. Thank you guys for, uh, for being here live with us.
Um, Doc, I appreciate you. Uh, team, all of our team that's in here tonight, thank you so much. Rachel, I love you. Katie, I love you. Uh, all the others who are here that aren't saying anything, I love you. Uh, and for the people who are heading to an office uh, soon, uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, say hello to uh, to the team inside the offices for us. Um, Doc, we're going to call it a day. Thanks, Ben. Good night. All right, guys. See you all next Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. For our next Q&A, we do this every single Tuesday night. Uh, we love you. I'm looking for my outro, and here it is. See you guys. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.